Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's another episode of Explain Yourself, where we're talking to indie comics creators about their projects and um, basically just going through all the uh, all talking about comic stuff that we love. I'm here tonight with my co-host Joey Galvez. Joey, what's How's up? How's going? How you How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. Been a long week, but uh, glad to be here. Had a pretty busy weekend, and uh, glad to be on and ready to talk some comics. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man. We're going to be talking about all kinds of really cool kickstarters that are uh, hitting. The- the shelves or or i should say the digital shelves right <laughs> absolutely so we have a few so, books. man um, I, I gotta i gotta talk to you real quick um you ended a kickstarter or not a kickstarter crowdfunder and and uh um how was the experience of that it was a little bit difficult kind of getting over that hump though yeah yeah we just uh, got done um we kind of put a little extra time on the clock there to get us over the hump there yeah. But it was a it was a rough month. I'll tell you. I think that um, I, feel that. I looked at a lot of books, similar price points in July and June, doing really well. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels like the bottom kind of fell out in August, which was the name of my book. So that's kind of why we went there. Maybe <laughs> maybe it should have been the July of August. Oh, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm just glad we made the goal though. I'm glad to get. The, I'm excited to get those books out there. And um, you know that character is kind of my baby. So yeah. Really, um, just glad we got the goal. We're going to get them printed up and uh, and take it from there. See, and right now, I'm back on Scarlet Twilight. I think it's kind of funny because uh, when you uh, put books out there, you might have a genre, and then and then you switch to to a different genre or to a different kind of character, and it, it's kind of fun to kind of see how the market accepts that sometimes. And yeah, sometimes it does well, sometimes it doesn't. But that's the fun of Kickstarter, right? That's why we have these these guests here, and that's what we're here to do: talk about these th- different things and and figure out what works best for each campaign. Cause not every campaign is the same. This is absolutely true. Speaking of which, there's a few campaigns. I think you wanted to talk about. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, just real quick. I just wanted to oh, uh, sure. talk about, we have a territory that is out there. You just head on over to geekcollectivenet slash territory. It's a really cool Kaiju uh, uh, epic story there. We also have orchard. It's uh, some super powered people uh, are, uh, are put uh, under their thumb by this government agency. Right. Uh, very cool and then um we have also um a good friend of both of us um rob motari he has a a book called wolf pack pups which is a children's book so that one's a little bit over 51 percent right now so 
you guys want to head on over there and he's got about two or three days left so we really need one of those kickstarter miracles to kind of uh jumpstart that one and make sure that that one gets made um and then um i, I don't think there's anything else we just want to talk about our, our next guest here in a second but uh before we do we got a couple of plugs you that you wanted to get out of the way before we jump into all that good stuff right absolutely um first one is i think something that should be important to everybody doing kickstarters um gotta gotta get these things sent out well and uh gotta use your gemini mailers i've seen even this week i say it every week but i feel like every week i'm not even making it up i keep seeing posts like i just got my kickstarter comic in like a, a media bag it's dented there was a pin on top of it um and you know it's just important to build that into your shipping costs and one way we can help is if you use the code ecollective 10 over at gemini comic supply you'll get a little bit better deal kind of make that a little easier to do the right thing as far as getting these comics out to your backers definitely definitely well that's one key things is uh making sure that if you can get these things out to your backers make sure that they are uh safe <laughs> and, and yeah. Gemini Miller is one of those things and uh there's tons of other suppliers out there as well but uh we have this 10% off code for you guys uh head, head on over to Gemini mailing supply and uh use gate collective 10 in the uh at, at checkout you guys are getting the good amount off man i've seen uh this save a couple a uh, couple of friends of mine uh one two hundred dollars um so that's a pretty significant amount when you need that for you know other things and shipping and costs and printing costs and all that good stuff so especially when you got all this swag that you guys are offering which i really want to get into this next ca campaign that we're going to be talking about because he's got all kinds of really cool stuff all kinds of cool rewards and swag and everything with within it so let's i think we should just bring our next guest in here um right we got kyle and uh let's i'm gonna have you lead this one because i feel like i'm, I'm doing my my host thing and i don't want to step on your toes <laughs> No, Kyle, um, it's great to have you on the show, man. Um, look at the you. campaign. It looks awesome. But um, why don't you give us the 30-second pitch for The Adventures of Wyatt and Pouches? Well, uh, Wyatt and Pouches is uh, a collection of adventures between a 13-year-old boy that's got special mental abilities and his imaginary friend, Pouches. So think uh, like in the, the, the time frame and setting, like, 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 like Wonder Years meets Calvin and Hobbes meets Deadpool. <laughs> That's, That's a good combination, absolutely. Um, yeah, so in your forties, you know, and you love the nineties and comics, you're you're gonna love this book. That is, I think that's pretty much our demographic here, at least. So, oh, well, yeah, that's absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, if you want to pull that campaign up, um, so we can see the imagery here, because I think that'll make it clear there's a really good story behind how you created this and. A little bit of the back and forth that's gone on since you've been putting it out there. All right, let me. Uh... And Kyle, I got a question. How how long have you been doing uh, comic books for, man? Well, I've been reading comics since I was twelve years old. So uh, I've been uh, playing in the, the the realm of the comic book field as an artist mm -hmm. for uh, going on six eight years. So this is awesome. our this is our campaign. We did you know we had a five hundred dollar goal. It was my first comic book campaign. Um, I came up with this character in twenty fifteen. So a lot of the people that follow my work, while it might be a shallow pool, they've been waiting for this for almost a decade. So we smashed that five hundred dollar goal in the first three minutes of being live. So I'm very very wow. grateful. I had to recalibrate what my stretch rewards would be, my stretch goals would be because we started smashing through them in the first hour of the campaign we smashed through two or three of them. So Very cool. Um 
Uh, I'll show you some of these. This is, this is some of the interior interior work here. This is a black and white page. The interior art by uh, Christopher Michael Lanning. There's some uh, colored imagery you see Biden there, knocking over a, his father's beer stein while he's animatedly talking about a Wolverine trading card. And Pouches is like, oh, shit, you know. And, uh, and then we got some of the covers. Got the A cover by the, the, the main artist on the book. And we got some, some variants, you know, Joe Vereen here, Carl Moeen, got Mike Ratliff, a couple homage covers. People love the homages. And then mm -hmm. we got some stretch goals, you know, we got everybody that's, that's uh, backing in a physical tier is now getting a hollow foil sticker and two trading cards. And uh, we unlocked a new cover by Marant Michaels yesterday. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to get us all the way to the, to the challenge coin. Um, at at $12,000, we'll unlock a challenge coin tier. So yeah, there's the collection of the, of the covers. And uh, that's the, that's the short version of the campaign. All right, cool. I loved seeing this. I'm a big Mar Michaels fan from back in the day. It was awesome. You got one of the sort of old Image Comics guys to do some of this. But, I um, Look at that. They use Gemini. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And they use Gemini mailers, too. Oh, yeah, that. perfect. Yeah, remind me. I, I had an idea while you were doing your intro about your Gemini situation. So bring let's bring that up at the end because I'd, I'd like yeah. to talk about that before. Absolutely, we... yeah. Definitely. And, uh, but before it, tell me a little bit about how you created this character. We talked a little bit about this backstage, and it was a great story. Yeah, um, so, tell me a little bit how you created this and uh, so how it came I was heading to a con, and by con, I mean, you know how you go to, like, a local hotel that they've rented out the banquet room? I can stop okay. sharing this now. <laughs> there we go. You, know, you do a local show, and it's really, you know, a, a bunch of guys vending at, like, a, the banquet room of a local hotel. You know what I mean? Those are the well, best ones. Here right? in Jacksonville, Florida, there's this guy that – Joe Peace, he used to rent out the banquet hall, but he'd be the only vendor. And it was called the Comic Book Connection. This dude had a tractor trailer full of stuff. And uh, I went to one of his shows, and I was like, man, he's got all this space. I was like, would you would you like you know to have an artist set up, you know, so you have some appeal to people that collect art? And he's like, well, if you give me – he did a giveaway every half hour on the half hour. It's very much uh, trying to engage people by doing giveaways and stuff. People very much hung around longer and longer for the giveaways. He's like, if you give me some of your art prints that I can use as giveaway items, you can set up for free. And I was like, that seems fair. It's good you know? Okay. So I was, yeah. I, was, I was there early for one of these shows. <laughs> And I just pulled like a, a comic book backboard and started doodling on it. And I, that's something that's very common for me. I'm always doodling. And uh, I, I was, I don't know if I had seen like a, a copy of X-Men or something where, where uh, uh, Cyclops had all these tactical pouches, which seeing pouches on characters like Deadpool and stuff was, was normal. But for it to be on Cyclops, I'm like, what? in those pouches man uh, <laughs> i started doodling it sparked i started drawing a character that was completely comprised of tactical pouches you know with these big guns and you know i mean these tiny little feet that you know really no feet and i was like oh that's very rob liefeld-esque you know and uh, i posted it on instagram and rob liefeld even you know graced it with a little lol comment which was pretty nice. cool and that was in 2015 and i kind of let the character kind of roll around in my head and i revised them because it was a very rough sketch but i revised them over the years and i gave them a because everybody in the 90s everybody's character had a, like a segmented metal arm or a 
or a, like an earpiece for, for who, who they're talking to, who knows, you know, or like a, a cybernetic eye or these gigantic guns. So I just implemented all of those things, poking fun at the 90s era of comics into this character. And then I formulated the, the concept of Wyatt. Wyatt in the book also writes his own comic book and Pouches was his character. And he gets into a car accident and something happens in the hospital where he ends up with uh, uh, higher brain function. And, you know, his uh, he gets uh, eidetic memory. He's got a photographic memory and his uh, mm. abstract thought capabilities are through the roof. So he wants to maintain his sense of uh, childhood. He doesn't want everybody to know that he's like the smartest person in every room he walks into now. So he forms a relationship with this comic character he had created, Pouches, and they go on different adventures. And that's what you're going to get to see with this first issue of the book. You're going to get to see two two different little adventures, you know, one written by me and one written by my buddy, Stephen Rolberg. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Awesome. Very cool. That's awesome. So I understand that Rob Liefeld then made a sketch kind of like this a few years later. Yeah, in 2018, I start getting uh, all these DMs and tags where people were sending me screenshots where Rob had created his own version of a all pouches, you know, character where yeah. I created a character called Pouches. He called his version the pouch. And there was no metal arm, no cybernetic eye. His version just was all pouches. And I was like, hey, man, that's so funny that, you know, he saw my idea and he made his own version. That's really fun. Um, but then in 2018, he published the character on the cover of a issue of Bloodstrike Brutalists, uh, issue 23. And I was like, that's, 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 come on. What are you doing? You're, you're, now you're profiting off of my idea. What am I going to do about it? So, you know, my friends who they're all indignant on my behalf, they're like, he stole your character. And I'm like, but it's what? Rob. We love Rob. He's the quintessential bad boy of comics, you know? And they're all like, fuck that. You need to do something. I'm like, what am I going to do? Go to the top of a mountain and yell? Like, who cares what little Kyle <laughs> Willis has to say about it? So somebody put me in touch with Rich Johnston, the uh, owner of Bleeding Cool. And I explained to him what was going on. He's like, yeah, show me the receipts, you know. And I showed him the Instagram post where where Rob had commented on it and how he created, you know, there you go. There's the, the, the yeah. Rob cover. And he so he's like, let me reach out to Rob for comment. So he reaches out to Rob. He's like, this guy thinks you bit off of his idea. Rob's like, I never heard of him. And they're like, well, well what about where you commented on that post? three years ago and he was like well he can do whatever he wants you know he kind of oh, stormed out of the tent and slammed the flap if you will you know wow. um, which oh, you know man. that was a couple years ago man no big deal that was like five years ago i i, I got i got no no ill about about that like whatever it, it, it was for me it's a great coffee table story you know what i mean yeah. I mean, yeah. wow. tell people that, that rob took your idea and ran with it you know yeah, it's a pretty obvious. I mean, it's satire. It's not like yeah. When I created it, you know, he did more pouches than anybody. You know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah so, so now, get to now, where I finally 
had enough time and money to to pay to help get this book and bring it to life you know pay people to help write uh mm -hmm. i lettered the whole thing but to illustrate and it's being colored right now by sam diaz um that shit ain't free you know so the whole book is in the bag sans the colors and the kickstarter goes live we immediately bust through the the, the couple of the stretch goals so i posted one of the covers the shelby robertson cover in a facebook group called comic book group 20 something thousand people in there and i was like promoting the comic you know and i put the link to the the kickstarter campaign in the comments and then a couple days like a day or two later rob posts one of his blood strike covers with the pouch on it he was like <laughs> established 2017 created by rob Liefeld. and i know that he did that he did that <laughs> trying to start this narrative that he created the character before I did. And I have no idea why he's doing that. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, he's punching down at this point. And I'm just like, so. do it, dude. And I, I, you know, and then he jumped on my post that he posted all the covers that had the pouch on it. And he commented on my, my original post, you know, and I was just like, what is he doing? You know, my wife is like, like, is he okay? You know, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, well, Kyle. Well, Kyle, you didn't know, but we have we have a, a mystery guest. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh man, I'd love to hear this. You know? yeah. uh, Rob, come on in. Yeah, hey, Rob, listen, sure. we will we will we will give the open open call right now, Rob. If anybody out there knows Rob Liefeld, we will we are we will allow you to come on here and we'll come on here, Kyle, with us, baby boy. Come we'll, on let, here. Come talk to us. Table. We'll all we'll sit down. We'll have to sit down. We'll talk about this. Let's let, let's be adults. Let's do it. Let's do <laughs> it. Man, that's why that's a wild, wild that's story. So crazy. Dude. It is uh, think so like crazy. Somebody <laughs> somebody posted a screenshot of my campaign. Rob's got this extreme Rob Liefeld group. And somebody posted a screenshot of my post <laughs> in his group. Looks like somebody stole your idea. And and he knows that I didn't. And, and he, but he hasn't re retorted and, and told anybody that he's like, oh, I created the pouch in twenty whatever. And somebody's like, well, well, Kyle says he created in twenty fifteen. And then Rob posts a picture of not a character, just a, a picture of a pouch that he that he posted in two thousand nine. <laughs> he was like two thousand and nine, mic drop or whatever. I was just like, what is going on? Um, so oh, it's bizarre, but I. You know, and it is is blue in the face as I might be this last week and a half, having to explain that, you know, that 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 tale to, to several people who think that I'm biting this idea. Ultimately, <laughs> they, the, the screenshots and the posts are still there, so the timestamps don't lie, and the the, the receipts that, that you know Rob loves to say, "Oh, I got the receipts." Well, the receipts add up in my favor. So at the end of the day, it's just free marketing. Yeah, you know absolutely. What I mean? Every time he posts, you know, and, and people make this correlation, once they find out that Rob's full of shit, which I don't know why he would this dude's a he's one of the most popular comic book creators that's alive right now. Everybody knows his name. You're not gonna meet many people that don't know his name. So for him to punch down at little old me, I just I don't get it. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh but have at it. Keep getting me new backers, Rob. You know, uh, there you go. There you go. Keep, he, he, I mean, he, he's in the news this week, so so uh, there you go, man. <laughs> Maybe that's in your yeah, favor. Absolutely. Hashtag pouches. 
Yeah, the real the pouch, pouch war, the pouch war of 2023. Pouch gate, right? Like, pouch gate. Like it. We're doing it. We're we're tagging every single thing we do. But you can't, you can't, you can't harsh my mellow. You know this this campaign. I, the work is done. Yes, the colors yeah. are still coming in. Um, and I think we got like 12 more pages that need to be colored, but. But you, you, and you how long do you have left till the, till the campaign's over? Yeah, we got 18 days to go on the campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're, you're, you'll, so, it's yeah, a, that's a great start. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm golden for the, my first comic book, my first creator owned IP comic book mm-hmm. that I'm putting out into the world for it to be a success this early on. I mean, you know, if it, what, I don't know if you know who Travis Gibb is, I call him Papa Indy. Um, no, I really big yeah, we, don't, we don't know that guy. Just kidding. We so, are you being funny? I don't know. Yes, I, I wasn't even gonna. I was just gonna publish the book myself and take it with me to New York Comic Con, and that's where it was gonna make its debut. And I was like, I was talking to him, and he's like, "You gonna do a Kickstarter?" He was talking about it as if though I was already gonna do a Kickstarter, and he was kind of like, "Let me know when you get ready to start the Kickstarter." And I was like, "I wasn't really gonna do a Kickstarter." And he was like, "Why?" He's like, you got your fans, but what what about all the people that are going to find it organically on the on the website? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess that makes sense, you know. So I scrambled to put the the Kickstarter together, kind of last minute, you know, and mm-hmm. I made him a a collaborator on it only so he could see it from the back end and help me, you know, make whatever changes he thought you know made yeah. sense. And he gave me some really really rock solid advice, and uh, and here we are, you know, we we've smashed, you know. Over five grand, you know, I got eighty-eight backers with now seventeen days to go. So uh, that's that's I'm, a great I'm, number. Eighty-eight backers. Uh, you you had a five grand grand goal. Um, low. So that means you have you don't have too many low tiers, and you don't have a lot of high tiers. You have a pretty good amount of of something there for everybody. I mean, I have a three dollar digital tier, and I have a hundred and fifty dollar collector's box. That's the that's the breadth of the of the the, the tiers. That's not all the tiers, but that's the that's the the the, the, the start yeah. and the finish line of the mm-hmm. dollar amounts. And my average backer is sixty six bucks, according to my advanced analytics. So, yeah, Let's bring up this uh, this box real quick because this is cool looking. Thank you. It was uh, a company that Travis told me to use or, or, or led me to, and uh, it ain't cheap. So I'm sure. <laughs> But no, it looks yeah. awesome. I want to do one of those someday. Thank you. That is the uh, we got the, we the, got the hookup, man. We can do it. Yeah, we can do it, man. We have the hookup. <laughs> that is the the Hulk one eighty one homage by Mike Ratliff. That's awesome. Oh, cool, cool. Now, how many books will fit in this? That should fit like like ten books, but there's you know seven seven going to go in it. Seven seven eight, eight books will go in it. So okay. you, they're gonna. I'm gonna put one of every cover in there, and then a medal at random. Oh, that's fun! I love that. I love. I love these mystery. So, so with these mystery boxes, what are you setting these prices at? Well, it's not a mystery box. It says that it's got every book that's in it and mm-hmm. all the swag. All the physical swag will go in it. So if we get to where we've we've, it's gonna get the hollow foil sticker, the two trading cards. If we get to where we unlock the magnet, the Hulk 181 homage that's on the cover of the mm-hmm. box, if we unlock the magnet, they'll get okay. the magnet as well. They're going to get every uh, <clears throat> uh, trade dress cover and a, and a metal, okay. a virgin metal at random. So so these are what you're going to ship every everything in is what you're saying? Okay. The mystery boxes are going to go in yeah. that box, yeah. 
Awesome. I'll put Love that box that. inside of another another box in case they want to collect that box. I'm not going to put like a shipping label on that box. Yeah, I'm thinking the yeah. oh, yeah. people will definitely be uh, up for grabbing these boxes too. Like, there's there's a market there for um for these you know these boxes that that uh you can you can open up their their hard cased boxes where you can cover you can uh take them to the cons and get your things your books signed and you put them right back in that box. Yeah, plus I, actually, I, actually, I, own a, I own a comic book shop here in Florida, so I actually went back to that website and created yeah. a different box, and I've made 200 of them. I'm going to do oh, mystery cool. boxes at New York Comic Con uh, next month. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. great. If so we're going to do it, I, got a, I had a collection come in, and there was a SM 129. It was signed by uh, 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 Gil Kane and John Romita. And oh, cool. instead of having it clean and pressed and sending it to CBCS and waiting to recoup that investment, I'm just going to put that randomly in one of the boxes. And oh, then, wow. uh, yeah. So it's going to be the, that's going to be the, you know, hopefully the first freaking person that buys a mystery box doesn't find it. You know what I mean? But it'll be, <laughs> that will be randomized. So very we're going to cool. sell uh, mystery boxes at, at New York Comic Con. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I, so just to get back to the story a little bit, I think what you're doing is really cool because you're not, I think the obvious thing to do with the, and it's kind of what it looks like Rob Liefeld's cover was, where it's like the pouches and the guns, it's going to be like action over the top. Um, you're kind of saying, okay, that's cool, but he's an aspect of this kind of Calvin and Hobbes-esque, you know, relationship between two characters, which I think is a much, uh, you know, there's a little more fruitful angle there to to play with the characters, to give you a different type of story, and to bring a character that's representative of all that 90s stuff um into something that is very 90s but not necessarily this sort of smoky cable in the x-men type of environment um so tell me a little bit more about like you told me kind of their origins um what, what kind of scope does this story have is it a little slice of life so there's two stories action? in the first book um and i don't want to give my story away but i'll tell you a little bit about steve's the second story in the book so basically you're seeing an action scene go down pouches his running down the typical hallway where the door is closing at the end of the hallway and he reaches into one of his pouches and he pulls out some dish soap and he throws it and it opens up and he slides under the door and he fights a guard and he gets into this other room to 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 rescue the president's daughter you know and uh you come to find out this is pouches pitching the idea for what story should go in the first book and it's this over-the-top oh. story, and it's really, and, you know, and, it, and it, why it's like, yo, or, you know, he says a couple of things that are maybe uh, uh, a, a little risque okay. with the president's daughter, and why it's like, I don't think we can tell a story like that. And he's like, why? The, 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 the hero always gets the girl. And he's like, yeah, that seems a little little too, uh, no. Uh, maybe we'll do like a Star Wars scene or something, you know? Um, so... Yeah, very. There, there's the, the opportunity for storytelling with the dynamic of the characters is boundless. So I'm excited to get ready to start writing the next book. You know, awesome. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. I, I, I just need to know, is uh, is Pouch is going to meet Rob Liefeld in the, in the book? Um, <laughs> <I need> <laughs> he's going to have to now. 
<laughs> and it has, but it has to be uh, after you came up with the concept. So it has to. If we're gonna do a a, uh, a Back to the Future kind of thing. <laughs> it has to solidify that you 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 oh made sure this. Levi's commercial in some way. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, God. I'm gonna try to wipe the that camera here. I feel like I got a. Oh, I don't know if it's yeah, a little brighter. <laughs> well, this yeah, is I, awesome. I, I love the I love the pouch gate aspect mm-hmm. of this. Right. Um, yeah, it was like no added cost. You know, I gotta, I gotta, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 what do you call it? a little scandal surrounding the title now yeah. for, for, yeah, for no extra charge. You know, it, and he, I, I'm gonna have to find that story now. I knew because I've seen, I knew he had crowdfunded one of the blood strike brigade whatever and it wasn't the other one one of his other ones and i don't know if it ever came out actually it did um Um, he he fulfilled some of the people's uh orders with books that were not what they had paid for and anytime (laughs) somebody brings it up to him he bans them and blocks them and i found out literally today that there is a facebook group called bandarai rob liefeld question mark um, so <laughs> it, it, there's a whole group of people that are in their, you know, in their echo chamber complaining, you know. Yeah. So. Well, that's why I, I was surprised to see that cover. I'm like, he didn't actually go back and do some blood strike, but then I saw that it was that Michael Fifi. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Um, the guy that does Cobra or Copra or the, the sort of Suicide Squad um, knockoff uh, thing, but he's been doing a bunch of image stuff that's like callback to the the 90s. Uh, okay. So okay. Right on. All those. So there were lesser extreme books that were not uh, not young blood. Mm. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But no, I, I, and I think your angle is like kind of what you're describing. There's just a lot to play with there. That's not. Yeah, um, there's so much, you, so, so much, you know, meat on the bone there for me to yeah. have so much fun. Um, and that, that all I have is excitement, you know, and I'm yeah. not bad with, with the thing with Rob. You know, I might be perplexed. But I mean, I'm very grateful. If I knew his interests, I would send him a fruit basket in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and if Extreme copy. Studios was a thing still that had an address that I could mail him something, you got to do a fruit basket, and at the bottom is your comic. And he's like enjoying yes. the fruit. It's like, it's what a, a nice guy. He I'm gets not going to lie to you. There are so many of my collectors and my, my fans who, over the course of the last few years, have become my friends that they're backing this thing just so they can get a copy so <laughs> they can take it to a Metacon and see the oh, look on awesome. That's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, and man. it's cool because what you describe about their conversation, um, and the other story, you know, we all had those conversations as kids. Uh, I think, and, and this, I guess I'm just going to sing Liefeld's praises here a little bit. And the other guys that really, I mean, if you look at 1987 and then 1989, when they the, kind of the period where Jim Lee started getting really good, X-Men one came out, McFarlane started doing a lot of stuff. Comics just changed so much. Um, oh, yeah. Everything was so, I mean, not that I didn't like it before, but it just looked so, there was just such a glacial divide there between your kind of more polished 80s, little burn, little Ramita senior, um, kind of cleaner art style. And then suddenly you have Liefeld, the pouches, all the lines on people's faces, the, the way McFarlane would draw the webbing on Spider-Man. And then, of course, when it all went to image, um, kind of even took it to another level. Uh, as far as those things, it was there was a lot to take in there. I, I think if you were a comics fan at that age in, say, 1982, 1985, 
it just wasn't as exciting. There wasn't as much to talk about. So I think even when you kind of have that dynamic between your two characters, um, you know, that happened in a lot of ways. That was a, you know, that's kind of a dramatization of how much that changed. And, you know, I mean, these boys were, they, they were cowboys, man. They were the greatest artists of a generation. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. they were treated like rock stars. And like, you would expect their their heads were so inflated that they're like we're gonna go change the world, you know. But they they can't write, you know, as good as they can draw. <laughs> Everything was style over substance, you know. At least Todd McFarlane was smart enough that he had guest writers coming in and writing yeah. issues of Spawn, you know, which uh, which was the smartest thing he could have done, you know. But to I me, Larson was a pretty age, good writer. I was a I was a young teenager. I was wrestling with my own faith at the time, and to know that Todd was an open atheist and he was writing a story about heaven and hell, and I was like, mm -hmm. I am all in on that, you know. <laughs> but to have you know Dave Sim and 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 you know all the other creators did they, they, they came in to write Neil Gaiman and everybody Gaiman, yeah Gaiman famously write issues with him and and help co create some of his his characters. That was that was really smart. That's why Spawn is still around. You know, I think there's, I think that contributes to it in a big way because the world of Spawn, I think, was a. It was more centered on a character. It was very direct. Um, he had a very simple conflict, a very simple setup. Uh, and then I think to what you're saying, where he brought in all those other writers, they really broadened the world a little bit. Angela, oh, yeah. she's Marvel. I think she's Thor's sister now or something. I don't know what that happened. Yeah, to. one of the Valkyrie or, or something. Yeah. That's weird. But, uh, you know, like there was, I think that that's what happens when you stop people. paying royalty payments. Yeah, no, I, I remember reading, and I read about it in my issues of Hero Illustrated back in the day. But the, um, you know, those other people really broadened the world of Spawn, I think, a really smart way um, that, that gave it a little bit more to, like, Wildcats didn't really have a lot of other stuff coming in. I'm not, there weren't a lot of interesting ideas being introduced. Uh, same for most of the extreme books. I love Savage Dragon, still do. Um, but it was very much a, uh, and I think this is its strength, it was very much a, a pastiche of like the Marvel kind of Claremont era subplots are going to roll into the big plots and that kind of thing. Um, Spawn always had this like very good, uh, you know, like central story and a lot of interesting things, pretty big ideas really. When you, like what you said, the heaven and hell stuff just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, as the story went on, and it, it really captured your imagination in a way that great characters do. But it, it, I, did, it did get to a point like like the show Supernatural that like, okay, you, you stopped the Armageddon. Like, what, what? Where the hell do you go from here? You know, <laughs> so to see him yeah. say, okay, where do I go from here? Boom! I'm going to create the whole universe. Now he's got five titles. You know, between yeah. Scorched and and Gunslinger Spawn, and oh my goodness, King Spawn, and you know, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, no, movie. I, I kind of dipped back in. Money to, to get that movie out. Yeah, no, I, I like to see that movie. I don't. Mm -hmm. I, I like the first. I worked in a movie theater actually when the first one came out, and they let me spend a week painting a giant mural of Spawn and Way the, cool. the clown violator. And uh, I think that was all that was in there. There really didn't anybody else to put there, um, but that was a lot of fun. And people thought like, "Oh, you're the guy that made up Spawn." I'm like, "No, no, I'm not the guy that made up Spawn." <laughs> <laughs> I was 17, you know. Yeah, I, I came to this movie theater in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's that's if I was the guy that created Spawn, would I be here in 20 miles north of Cincinnati at this this theater on the outskirts, painting that's this hilarious. mural, painting this mural that no one will ever see again? But it was a fun week.
That's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Very. Cool. <laughs> so you mentioned that there's going to be more stories that you're working on already with these characters. Can you tell us a little bit? You know, I don't want you to obviously feel like you have to spoil nothing, but uh, kind of so weird. I, I put off writing doing? this book for a long time. And the reason that I did that, if you ever wrote a book, is because I dealt with uh, what what I came to find is called the burden of knowledge. Is I know the backstory and every detail about these characters, and how can I give a proper first issue, and not just kind of blah vomit all the facts of how he got you know his ability, you know how Wyatt got his abilities, and and how everything came to be the characters that you know it. And I finally made a deal with myself. I was like. Save that. That can be a later issue. Just yeah. give them some. Just give them some of the story for some of the, the adventures for now. Mm-hmm. You know, the book was originally going to be titled "On My Honor" because the kid is in like the our world's version of Boy Scouts. You know, and that's like part of their little pledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I morphed it into the adventures because I wanted to get a story out. Um, where is it going to go from here? Well, um, uh, the. I've got another story in the bag actually written by Travis Gibb where Wyatt has to deal with grief and he deals with that grief by imagining a, 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 a fantastical scenario, you know, where, you know, the, 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 the grief that he feels has a physical representation. It's an evil person to be defeated in his, in his imagination where in reality, he's dealing with a death in the family and he's dealing with loss. And I think it's an uh, incredible story that when Travis first turned it in, I don't think that I gave it the credit that it did it deserved. And the more I sat with, with that story in, in the back of my mind, the more I was like, this is this this is this could be tremendous without being too on the nose, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so that him writing that story proved to me that I was right, that the possibilities are endless, you know. Um, mm. There's so much fun to be had with, with these guys, you know. Um, I'm excited, you know. And if my, my campaign reaches 10000 in funding, I'm going to have to get a pouches tattoo. You know, that, that's the stretch goal. If it reaches ten grand, i am going to get a big pouches tattoo on my arm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I got I got my skin in the game at that point. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I hear what you're saying. I took me like 10 years to put together my August book just because same thing. I was developing it for like a year and then I kind of had the story and the characters. And every time I tried to just organize my thoughts into a first issue, especially I'd be like, I'd lived with it for so long. I'm like, no, you can't. You got to explain why this character has this or why these people know each other, or what the backstory is, because it was all in my head and it became very difficult to in each draft of the story, remember what I know versus what the audience knows. Um, There's so many things it was easy to overlook because I'm like, no, I, I've just lived with this so long. I I feel like it's in some ways common knowledge. Of course it isn't. Um, So yeah, that can definitely be tough to do, but it sounds like this world is a very good um, springboard. You can do a lot of different things, um, a lot of dramatic things. And, and you've got, you know, a setup and a concept that's going to be pretty versatile and let you tell a lot of really great stories. Is it going to sure. be more serialized or is it going to be kind of one-offs that do different things? Or I is think there it'll be a, a, a series of one-offs. Uh, okay. I, I don't, I don't, because they're, I don't want anybody to feel like 
if the, the like this story is coming out now is is the the A cover is sold out and they can't get a copy or whatever. I don't want anybody to yeah. feel like they have to have that book in order to read the next one that comes. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it'll just be one-offs for now, you know, unless I have a, a, a an overarching story to tell, then, then maybe we could do a volume, but in the mm-hmm. meantime, it'll be a series of one-offs. Sounds so, cool. Very uh, cool. I don't know if it's, it's, it's in the, in the cards, but I don't think it's, it's definitely not off the table, but I did have Marat Michaels do a variant cover for me and he was willing to put Tigum and Deadpool into the background of the cover. So if you look at that Seeker Wars 8 homage that he did, it's got yeah, Tigum and Deadpool in there. So if he's open to it and the and the book is well received by the public, I'd love to see those characters cross over into uh into my world. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's the 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 Spider-Man costume there, uh sort of cover, but very cool to see. Um yeah and there's just like I said there's just so much you can do with this stuff. Um that it's going to be fun. And I think this is um, really, there's so much nineties nostalgia right now. Um, and I'm as guilty as that as anyone. I think this is such a fresh look at that and kind of a, a meta textual look at that stuff that I think really works. Um, tell me about getting into, how did you get married? My, how did you just find him on social media and commission to do this or. Um, well, I worked the Comic-Con circuit with it's with him. So I brought you up oh, okay, great. On, a, on a, on a consistent basis. So I'm actually bringing it up if you want to. Oh sure, and, I, and he's he's local out here in in uh, Phoenix area. So um, oh, cool. not anymore, he, not anymore. He moved to. He lives well, to yes, Texas. true. But he's he's still he's still a, uh, one of those guys that definitely comes out here all the time. And and you see you see when you see the the owners posting, you're like, oh, it look look who popped in, and there he is. There we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! But yeah, nice yeah he was that. he's local out here. I mean. Local as any anybody else. Right? There and... <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, so, yeah he's always... the, uh, the companies that he prints with are all out there in Arizona. So it definitely has ties to the area. Yeah. He was one of those artists. I feel like when I was a kid, I, you know, obviously I liked all the big image guys. And then there were the kind of like people in their studios. And like, I kind of had my favorites and people I didn't like. And Merritt Michaels was like, oh, he's one of the good extreme artist. I would always pick up those books uh, or Scott Clark. When I was young, I, I judged them on the quality of the work. And the mm-hmm. older I get, the more that I've met my heroes, I judge people by the quality of their character. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man, Marat with the, with the Harley thin and the, the do you poo, the dead poo stuff that, that there's a lot of, it's very rewarding for him to, to do this fun parody that everybody wants to collect all these covers from. But you know, as well as I do, that it comes with a certain caliber of hatred from members of the community. And the way this man wears that, like it ain't shit. Like I I strive to be more like him. Nothing can harsh that man's mellow. I've seen him, you know, the comments roll off of his back. He's never one to engage a troll. Um, if you're not into what he does, he's like, yeah, it's all right. It's not for you. No big deal. You know, he just doesn't, he seems impenetrable when it comes to the haters. So um, I love him. You know, he always has a smile on his fucking face, man. The dude is just <laughs> to be around. I love him. You know, of course I love his art, but uh, I, I love seeing him. So I, I fist bump him every time I can. Um, awesome. 
you know, and it's it's it, when I see that he's going to be at the show, it's like, oh, right, cool. Another one of the good guys is here. You know what I mean? Um, it makes the show feel like home when you're setting up your booth and you look over and you see him. You're like, oh, all right. You were Clay McDonald with this show. Awesome. I'll come over and I'll mess with you when I when I'm done setting up. So. Awesome. So you've been running. You have a shop as well. I do. Um, I own an LCS, Calabunga Comics. Uh, October 2nd will be our second anniversary in cool. a micro town, bro. Nowhere USA. It's called Green Cove Springs, Florida. Oh, wow. halfway between Jacksonville and St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, okay. I have uh, I family in Garden City, Florida, which I think is near Jacksonville. I'm not familiar with Garden yeah, City. It's, it's a small town, too. We don't, we got I mean, there's a plant here. city, but I don't even know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we got a, a cute little shop. Um, so I was doing a lot of graphic design work for the online only retailers like Scorpion Comics when they started doing COAs with their exclusives. I was the guy that was making all the COAs. Okay. And I let them pay me in books. So every time I did a COA for a book, I got a set of two sets of the books, you know, the Virgin and Trade Dress, you know, and the books that I wanted to keep. Yay, I didn't have to pay 60 bucks for a set of books. I put it in my PC. But the books that I weren't into, I'm like, ah, I'm not really in a Wonder Woman by art term. It's a great cover, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I would sell those on the side. And then when the pandemic happened, what was once like a, a small portion of my income, it flipped and comics sales went through the roof because now all the money, people are stuck inside their homes during the pandemic, all the money that they were used to spending on going to sports games, going to the movies, going to rock concerts, going to bar, they're now spending on things that bring them fulfillment in their own home, like comic books. A lot of people revisited their love for comic books after years of not collecting. So my sales for the comics went through the roof. I ended up getting a diamond account, even though I was home-based. And uh, I, I started only dealing in homage covers. I had a company, it was called Cover Swipes. So if you go to CoverSwipes.com, it'll redirect to the homage portion of Cowabunga Comics. But eventually I had so many books that I had available that weren't homage covers that I had to rebrand. So there came Cowabunga Comics. So Very cool. So you're you're in every aspect of this community. You're in the crowdfunding now. You've got a shop. You're doing all the convention circuit. You're, you're out there, man. I'm very grateful that I've only just now done a Kickstarter because I know that I'm not going to make all those newbie mistakes of how do I, how do I ship these books? You know, mm-hmm. I got a dealer account with, with, with Gemini. I get 2,720 Gemini's at a time. You know, I get a pallet mm-hmm. delivered to my, to my door. So uh, fulfillment isn't going to be a problem. And I know that a lot of people that start these campaigns, if they have them uh, be successful when they weren't ready for the that amount of success they have but they struggle and they they stumble when it comes to fulfillment and i'm not going to have that problem um i actually am in in, if i could say this maybe a little over prepared um Mm -hmm. at twelve thousand dollars pledged we have a stretch goal for a challenge coin i'm just going to go ahead and assume that we're going to meet that goal because there's a four-week turnaround time on challenge coins so i already sent them to to be to be made two weeks ago and paid for them so if i don't meet the twelve thousand dollar stretch goal i'll have them for sale and you know when i when i do shows but i'm thinking that i'll be able to get that kickstarter uh uh to that to that goal and uh and make it happen yeah and that's i mean and it's good that you have uh i know there's been a little bit of discourse about people getting stuff printed and having trouble fulfilling kickstarters 
um, when things just go a little off. And a comment I saw from somebody, I can't remember who, said, like, you really should have a plan for not just how you're going to cover your Kickstarter, but how you're going to make money on this book afterwards, um, which, of course, you being in every aspect of this business, you have that covered. And I think that's something that um, I don't really want to dip into that whole uh, back and forth that went on. But I thought that was an insight that I wanted to hold on to. And it reminded me of it just now is people should have some kind of plan. It doesn't it can be very different, I think, and this certainly can scale. But um, to have a plan for doing yeah. things like that is always good because I think you look at just Kickstarters, um, you know, and things change really quickly. Sometimes there are months that everybody's doing really well. There's some really dry months too. The, uh, you know, the people that can do kind of what you're doing, Kyle, is is diversify just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm going to do this this way, this, uh, you know, and then like they can ex- kind of take advantage of whatever is working out really well at the moment. And I think that's something I'm really trying to figure out how to do a little better myself. So I think it's uh, a good lesson to be learned. So make no mistake, right now it's slow season in the industry. This is slow season. Everybody's variants aren't doing well right now because everybody's got the fatigue from the convention season and they're looking forward to the biggest convention of the year, which is New York Comic Con. So I know that this is my baby little fledgling first time out the gate book so i made five spots available for retailers to do their own cover and four people have already claimed them and i made it super accessible the way it works is they determine the print run they hire their artist to do the art and if the art if if i'm digging the artwork and it gets approved they send it to print they do not pay me a dime they pay the printer the cost of printing the books and i get 15 percent of the print run that I can sell when, once they've had a chance to sell their books. So yeah. I don't know that anyone has ever done that before. Well, I've, um, I have, I've got a similar idea that I pitch to my creators when, when I go into to talking to them about, you know, the process of, of um, how we, you know, the services that we offer. And every single time I've, I've, I've pitched and I asked them, do you guys have a personal uh, relationship with a local comic shop that you trust fully and completely and if they say yes well the next thing would be then talk to them about going into a uh, a print run that they that they would uh, handle themselves if you now here's here's the difference right My, that I talked to them about. I was like well if you have an extra uh, cover that's already done and paid for you know have them slap on their their stuff give them the the, the variant and then if they want to pay for 200 copies allow them to pay for the 200 copies on top of what you're already going to go, go ahead and do if especially you're a, a direct market public um if they pick up a book then you can also talk to them about you know if they're going to pick up your book you can run a kickstarter have them do the same thing or do some orders of their own with different covers and then about a month or so after a month or two after you deliver your kickstarter books or at the same time you're delivering your kickstarter books your books are in the direct market or your their your books are in their shop so with different covers and things of this nature and so i've got like but it's very rarely do do do, i I don't think i've had anybody bite on that yet uh but it's it's always been been an idea out there that i throw out to the clients and they're always like well Well, i've got four four out of the five spots filled And, and, yeah. and I'm not looking to make any money off of those guys doing their variants, but but they're going to be my marketing team. Right. So they're going to be excited to be selling these books and they're going to reach people that, I, that aren't, you know, aren't in my little shallow pool that I can reach. And 
anybody that they sell a book to, they're going to want to come and find the A cover and see what else is available. Mm -hmm. Once they know, once the IP, when you buy a, a, a Ford Festiva, you notice all the other Ford Festivas on the road, right? So if they <laughs> buy one of these exclusives from one of these retailers, they're going to be, that when they see one of something online posted, they're like, oh, I have a copy of the variant of that book. Let's see. Let me get more. Let me learn more, you know? So they're, all they're going to do is help me expand my reach, and they're hopefully going to make a couple ducats along the way. But I'm making it the most uh, affordable exclusive that any of them have ever done. And now you can create a car club with those Ford Festivas. <laughs> the three of us, <laughs> we're going to be a car club of doing Ford that. Focus because really <laughs> but and, I, I actually, I love this. I love the different things that you're doing. Right, uh, right out the ba- right out the gate, your first book, you're doing, uh, you're hitting the mark on marketing. You're hitting the marks with with diff- doing these like uh, offering many different things that people want, right? Uh, you you obviously have knowledge that these mystery boxes work, these variant covers work, these different swag things work. Which with then you know because uh, at the cons you have to be aware of that stuff too. You have to have that stuff on your table. Uh, so uh, it's just a different way of kind of marketing and rethinking it. So how do you how did you approach the marketing aspect when you were first going into this situation? This kickstart? so I came from the fine art world. You know, I, I I was a local artist setting up at the local craft festivals and the art walks and stuff before I was doing any fan art at all. You know, and and I know that when someone is standing before you. They're not just buying your artwork. There will be people that like they'll they'll look over and they'll see something at your booth and it'll stop them dead in their tracks and they'll walk over and they have to have it. Like they those people exist, but they're an outlier. All right. When people are at your booth looking at your stuff, it's once they form a rapport with you, if they like the cut of your gym and they like they're glad that they met you, now they it's almost like there's a, a gloss over sheen over their eyes. But once yeah. they get to know you a little bit, they're like, hey, I like this guy. Then they kind of like see you. It's like the veil is lifted, and then they really start to look. The gloss is gone, and they're like, all right, what do you got here? You know, And then they really take a, a real dive into what the hell is on your booth. you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't have wall space for art. Maybe they got a little apartment. It's hard out here for a pimp. Not everybody's got a big place with, with a lot of walls. But they can buy a $3 sticker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or buy a keychain or an enamel pin or, you know what I mean, or a trading card. Man, when I first started selling trading cards, my wife fought me. She didn't want me to give up the table space at my booth. But they go good, don't they? To put to put trading cards out, and then I found trading card frames for like two two bucks or whatever, and we put hollow foil trading cards up, and they became our biggest seller. Next week, that's, trading I, cards I, took over the whole. I tell everybody. I tell she's everybody. Like, she's like, they're hot. I'm so glad that I was wrong. This is great, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're hot, dude. They're hot. That's that's one thing. I don't know. I've I've been knows. I've been like pitching that thing forever yeah and one one pe- person like actually picked up and they're like dude yeah but, i mean they're hot dude right now. It's, it's so weird that that trading cards would be the thing of, of right now that that yeah. people would Especially be if they're foil or metal metal trading and, cards and maybe because there's st- even though even though the 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 highest premium uh trading card is still affordable and that's i think what what, what is, i'm literally what talking to the owner of comic shield right now i have to call him tomorrow to talk about pricing so because they're doing graded cards they print the card they grade mm-hmm. it everything oh, wow. um cool. so i'm gonna call the guy tomorrow to talk about doing graded cards um of, of really not related to pouches you know my other artwork yeah. because i have a discord for my 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 followers the 
the links in the link tree here um, to join the Discord. It's an invite link. But they were asking me, "Hey, you any 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 ideas to do graded cards?" And I'm yeah. like, "Not really, you know." But I reached out to the company, and he got back to me right away. He, apparently, he knew he knew who I was, and uh, I got his phone number. I'm going to call him tomorrow. So, very cool. Yeah. It's great okay. to see somebody who's really good at selling, really good at you know organizing things, not just necessarily campaign stuff, but you're somebody who knows how to deal with people and kind of just make money doing this stuff and you know just kind of manage all that stuff and i think a lot of people don't have that skill set you have a probably the broadest skill set that i've ever seen of another creator so oh snap um, well thank you for that I'm, (laughs) i'm grateful that i know when it's in my best interests to say no because I want to be a people pleaser and I want to say yes to as many people as possible. Um, I got more indie titles in my shop than any shop for a hundred miles a year. I'll bet you a thousand bucks. You know what I mean? Um, but there are things that I know that I cannot sell. So when I'm, you know, being offered a, a chance to buy in on an exclusive or something, I'm like, my, my, my people ain't, nah, I can't sell that, you know? And I think that when I say no, is as important, if not more, than the times that I say, yes, let's collab on that. Yeah. I think that's important, too, as a creator. You know, it can be, I think it's really easy to just think of the book you want to make, or, you know, a lot of cases, and this isn't as good, the process you want to go through when you're making your book, or how much fun it would be to do X, Y, and Z. Um, I think when you come at it from a different perspective, and as artists, I kind of have to say, wait a second, is this cover, the cover I want to draw is cool, but like, I need to say A, B, and C with this cover. I need to really, that's got to be the selling point. It's got to be very clear what the appeal of this book is. And you kind of have to put on a different hat there and say, hey, this isn't just for fun or this isn't necessarily even to make the best piece of art. It's about really communicating, hey, here's what's fun about this book. Um, and that's got to apply to your story. It's got to apply to your campaign and everything you do. Uh, I think a lot of people miss that. And I think that's something that's really good to keep in mind at every step of your project. Like, you know, when you're coming up with the type of story, you're looking at genres that are doing well, you're looking at the type of story you want to do, uh, certainly how you want the artwork to look and, and what impressions you want to create. I don't think a lot of people are mindful of that. I think you got to really step back and say, think of yourself almost like your story about being at the table. I've got to make somebody like this book, like to want to take a chance on me because there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, and I think that's, uh, it's very likely that you know, I think this translates to your book as well. You know, you've got a good pitch, You've got a good idea um, that kind of brings in a lot of different stuff. It's like, yes, it's Liefeld, but it's not just somebody doing their version of X-Force. Um, and I think that's uh, it's kind of shows in what you've talked about here, but really shows in the campaign as well. Yeah. I think a lot of people get hung up on trying to write what they think the public would like, mm-hmm. when I think it's far more important to write something that you yourself as a creator love. Yeah. Because if you love it, you can sell it. You know what I mean? I waited tables for a long time and I never tried to talk anybody into the most expensive thing on the menu. I talked them into what I would eat if I was coming in there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, no, yeah. I'm not trying to push the porterhouse or the filet. You got to get the ribeye because that marbling, it's so that seasoning, it's, it's mm-hmm. it, you know, that fat melts down and it, it, it's, it tenderizes the meat around it and it soaks up that flavor. And you're just doing yourself a disservice if you don't order the ribeye. So, when I ring it in, how do you want it cooked? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, if you if you write 
and illustrate something that you can have a conversation about that doesn't sound rehearsed. It's a real conversation. You're not just drawing the new thing because Spider Boy's hot right now. You do Spider Boy, but you're 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 creating something that you're yeah. passionate about. You'll be mm-hmm. able to sell it. But a lot of people don't realize that. And I would and I would, and I wish that I could make that. About, I got to make that a shirt. You know, you know, create what you're passionate about, not what you think other people want. <laughs> Right. You're never going to hit, you're never going to check all the boxes to, to be successful. If you're, if you're worried about what the public at large wants, you right. have to, you have to believe it in yourself. Right, well, it right. just takes so much time to make a book that you're going to flame out if you don't, if you don't really love it. I mean, there, yeah, there's some concepts I've had. I'm like, that's, that's strong. I have something I like about it, but I'm like, do I really see myself sitting down and making 80, hundred, 120 pages of this? Like, Nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> <Like> so, <laughs> uh, um, Kyle, I have a question. Uh, uh, I want you to go through through the the your thirty second pitch one more time. But um, uh, what was the what was the one of the, the the biggest challenges that you saw going from you know owning a shop to to doing this Kickstarter for the first time? He's quiet. He's I, quiet. I'm going to play some tense music here. I like instant <laughs> satisfaction. I'm, I'm an immediate gratification kind of guy. And I have been forced over the process to uh, adopt a certain level of patience. Mm. Not showing off, off all the covers, holding a couple back, you know, for, for later. Uh, not telling everybody, like, how I didn't tell you what was in that first story because I didn't want to give it away. I want people to read it for the first time. I don't mm-hmm. want to tell them my, you know, condensed, you know, elevator pitch, uh, uh, Cliff's Notes version of the story. I want them to read it for the first time. Not giving everything away orally, not showing off every piece of artwork along the way. That, for me, has been a part of my growth as a creator. And it, for me, it was the biggest challenge was was what not to say, what not to give away, you know, quit, quit giving away the allure and let them yeah. read the freaking book. Let them, let them read the thing, you know, there so you that, was, that was a big challenge for me. And, and, and I've had a lot of personal growth in that area. All right. All right. That's awesome to hear. Give us the, uh, we're coming up in an hour, but give us the 30 second pitch for this again. I'm going to throw the link in the comments again. Yeah. The adventures of Wyatt and pouches is the story of a 13 year old kid with his imaginary friend and the, fantastical adventures that they undertake um and it blurs the lines between what what he's what he's imagining and what's really happening and the stories that we've got for you are at the at the end the last panel they're very fun and i think that you're not going to be able to 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 read either story that's in this first book without smiling and go, oh, I see what's going on here. Oh, it was that the whole time. <laughs> That's fun. You know. Um, and I'm 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 grateful that I was able to pull it off, you know, with the help of some fantastic creators. You know, see uh, Christopher Michael Lanning, Stephen Rolberg, Samuel Diaz. I could not have done this alone. Couldn't have done it without my wife, Beth, and my team, you know, Jesse Lee and Trey that run whatnot shows from the shop so that I don't have to run them so I can spend my time being a creator. And this last year I've flown all over the United States after I probably flew three times in my entire life until June of last year when I was a guest at Brooklyn Comic Con. And now I've been to 40 conventions in a year, which is just mind boggling to me. So, yeah, you know, um, uh, we're racking up the Delta Scott. I just bought my plane ticket from New York Comic Con, and I'm flying first class, and I paid for it with Sky Miles. So fun, 
That's cool. Nice. That's cool. Are you going to have a table there or are you just going for fun? I, I have a vendor booth, so my shop will be there. So we'll be upstairs in the awesome. vendor area. Um, my team's going to be running the booth, and I'm, I'm doing several covers with other um, people who will have a booth there. So Very I'll cool. be running around doing signings at, diff, uh, uh, at different booths. I'm actually going to be Thursday at 4 p.m. I'm going to be painting live, projected up on the wall at the CGC booth. So Very cool. I'm going to be cool. painting at the CGC booth, and then it's going to be a collaborative art piece that's actually going to be given away to an attendee. So that's the way people will be able to stand. Let, let, everybody, let everybody know where your where your table is, so when they when they if they want to come find you. Among the comics, I don't know, but I'm going to buy a, a bunch of uh, a birthday balloons and have a tank of helium. So I'm going to be the one with all the Spider-Man foil, Spider-Man birthday balloons. They're going to be hanging, uh, uh, floating above my booth. Awesome. So, they, usually you, they usually put you where you were the year before. We were at 3623 last year, but we were right next to Comic Exposure. So I assume I'm going to be right next to Comic Exposure again this year. But Cowabunga Comics will be there uh, all That's four days. That's they tell you guys, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I just don't know the booth assignment yet. I don't think that email came in yet. Oh, that's fun. Well, you guys got some time, so very cool. Um, uh, I love that. Uh, ben, can you drop us all the all the plugs real quick before everybody, so we can head on? I out will. Here. Yeah. First off, like we mentioned, the Gemini mailers and how important they are. Before, um, go over to Gemini Comic Supply, put Geek Collective ten in, you get ten percent off your order, um, and you can build that into your costs for your campaign. Uh, like I said, I'm not making this up. Every week, I see, oh my god, I got another Kickstarter in a bag. It's it's dented it's bent i don't like it um and frankly we just work too hard on these things to to let that kind of come in at the last minute so um anything helps i know it's hard to put campaigns together and figure out costs but this will help geek collective 10 over at gemini comic supply mm-hmm. and um and, and our- every time that you guys use that uh, that it does give back to the geek collective so that we can continue to do these things for you it pays for the streaming stream yard just like this it also helps us uh, to promote uh, people within our creative studio, like Benjamin Morse, who is now part of the, the studio. We also have Alan in, in the chat, if he's still there. He's a part of our creative studio as a writer. So it helps us to kind of give right back to these guys so that we can help them kind of grow and stuff. Ben, can you tell a little bit about the creative studio? Yeah, so we're, we do a lot of stuff um, that kind of just helps you supplement your campaign or kind of help you plan out your campaign altogether. Um, as far as the creative services, we do graphic design. Um, I do a lot of motion graphics in my day job, and I bring that over into the creative studio stuff for comics, which is to say trailers for your comic, um, cool-looking logos, cool-looking graphic design ads that you can put on Facebook or on Twitter. Um, and then, you know, of course, even just graphic uh, motion graphic components to put into your movies for your campaign. Um, I know Kickstarter is really big on having trailers in your campaign or having things where you address the camera. And I think it's pretty important to make that stuff look as slick as possible. So we offer almost all sorts of services to make your campaign look better. We help out with pre-press. We can help out with logos, um, all sorts of stuff. I'm a cover artist, so you can hire me to do your cover, um, any of that stuff. So, yeah, just basically anything you need help with in your campaign. If there's a place in your skill set where it's like, I'm good at these things, but I could use a little help here, uh, reach out. We can, we can definitely do that or can yeah. just help run the whole thing for you. And and I I often have uh, creators hitting me up saying you know I'm really good at doing the artwork and, and doing stuff but the marketing is really difficult PR 
and writing press releases it's 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 scary I, kyle i don't know do you write press releases for your for your stuff and do you how, i do, how I do. You find uh, having things? organized a lot of art events in jacksonville here where i, where I live uh I, I had to send press releases to local media uh for for every event so i do i got 1600 subscribers for the shift for cowabunga for the shop so i send them out when we have a new title uh, we have new exclusives. Uh, when I dropped the Kickstarter campaign, when I dropped the Marat Michaels cover yesterday, nice. so yeah, I'm very, I'm very tuned into Mailchimp. <laughs> yeah, and and they work, man, and, and and you feel like it doesn't work, and a lot of times, you know, it's it's a daunting task, and and you feel like, you know, I wish I could just give this to somebody else. Well, you can, you can hit us up at <laughs> geekcollective.net, and you can say, hey, I just want, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do the PR side of it. I just want to put my head down and do the artwork. Um, so we can give you guys that opportunity. Um, that's yeah. basically what we do this for. So uh, I wish I had something like that when I was doing uh, doing so where I can delegate that task to people when I was kind of coming up in the podcast world. I was like, well, it's difficult. But, you know, here uh, here now I'm offering it to you guys. and You guys are able to do that. So um, make sure you guys are heading over to geekcollective.net and checking out all the really cool services that we have there. Follow Benjamin Morse. Make sure you're following Kyle at uh, Art of Kyle Willis dot uh, com, <laughs> and then follow uh, follow me at Joey Gowers nineteen eighty four on uh, Twitter for X, formerly known as Twitter, I guess. I don't know what you want to say, but um, <laughs> until they change uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank please, you guys so much please. for having me. Yeah, oh, and check on, out man. all these really cool Kickstarters, man. There's tons of some. There's lots of something there for you guys. Uh, ben, you got anything else coming up in the pipeline oh, for soon? Me. Uh, I will probably be able to drop a Scarlet Twilight 2 cover next week. Maybe. Very we'll cool. see how things go. So tune in then. Um, that'll give away a lot of the story, or at least the type of story it's going to be. So I'm excited to start putting that out there. Um, just got Very done cool. with issue one, writing and laying it out. Um, and kind of to go into what Joey was saying a little bit before, the difference when I was first doing Scarlet Twilight, I was doing completely on my own campaign, literally writing, drawing, lettering, pre-press, doing the campaign, everything on my own. By the time I got to four, I, I got some help doing the campaign part. The difference in just how long it took me to get the book done was unbelievable. Just having a little bit of help um, really let me be a lot more creative, do a lot better job in the art. So um, kind of to what Joey was saying about you know, figuring out where the best way to spend your time is, is a huge boon for a creator uh, like myself yeah. that does everything. So check us out. We can help out. And uh Check check us out next week. We'll have some more great comics to talk about. I might have some cool artwork to show off. We'll see. And uh, Kyle, I just want to thank you again for coming on. It was great thank to meet you. you. And uh, great. great to talk thank about you. your book. Yeah, oh, and I by the way, it. Rob Liefeld, you've been called out. <laughs> and, um, you know, just hit us up. You can tell yeah. your side of the story. Um, yeah, Rob Liefeld, this is an open call. If you, you want to talk to Kyle about it right here live, we'll do it. Yeah. Just, yeah, you know. put my phone number down in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do. We'll we'll have. We'll go live. We'll talk right about it here, and we'll 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 get the public opinion. How's that? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Right. Thank you guys. I'll come back on. Right. You get them to sign up. I'll come back on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Kyle. Right. It was great to have you on, Joey. Great to talk. Thank and you. we'll see everybody next week. Beautiful. All right. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank. 
and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 